Hey yo, and here we go, another episode of We Talk Music on the air and in your ear. Once again, I am Martin, and I got with me the King of the Casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. Brett, we have somebody with a unique voice in music today, and that's a rare thing, I think. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I would totally agree with you. I mean, I, I got a chance to see him live at uh, the Darius Rucker Reclaw show. He just blew me away. So it was it was time to uh, to have him on the show. We have Kyle McCurdy on the show. So happy to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, I mean, you got to be uh, still celebrating your uh, CCMA win for uh, Alternative Country Music Album of the Year. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever process that one. It was pretty... Pretty cool. Great surprise. And, you know, just one of those moments that you'll never forget. It's pretty special. So then when you were there, were you kind of expecting it or was it or was it just a complete surprise? I I knew that I had a shot, but I don't I don't ever expect the awards I I usually don't win them be just because of, you know, my genre and where I'm at. So, yeah, just sitting there, you know, hopeful, but but not expecting anything. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Now you talk about your genre, and I guess like, what is alt country compared to regular country? I think for me, it just means. Um, left to center um we don't do we don't do a lot of the things that folks do in commercial country when we're recording um we use you know all organic instruments for the most part and we don't auto-tune things too much and we just have a different approach we're not we're not out there trying to create um commercial successful hits we're just creating um you know pieces of art from our hearts and things that that matter to us and and people like us right one of the things that i'd really note about your music is that and i mean i just fell in love with it right away when i saw you live it just how personal all of the lyrics wind up being is that just something that that you just do personal lyrics and you just can't imagine anything else? Yeah, now it is for sure. I used to I used to write more commercially and was in other bands and tried to create hits and be successful. It's a lot of fun doing that. It's a it's a different thing though. It never it never landed for me and it never felt like you know, I was doing what I wanted to do when I was a kid like it was just different so now now all my songs and everything I write I try and keep it just very true you know what I mean I do it for a different reason you know I'm not out there trying to make money I'm trying to contribute to people's lives and to you know kind of deal with whatever it is that I need to deal with at the time and and speak about it because there's probably someone else out there who is, you know, learning about the same thing or, or feeling the same things. So, so yeah, I just write from a, a very honest, personal place. It's a lot of bravery, I think, to do that. I mean, uh, to be honest about 
what you're going through and and to present it out there. I mean, you're you're opening yourself up to people, and you don't know how they'll react to it. So, is that something? Tell me, tell me about your process as a creator, getting to this place where you're comfortable doing that. I think that for me, I just um, I I don't think too much. You know, I don't. I try not to um, question anything, first of all, and just really listen to my gut and and not um, doubt it. You know, that's hard. It, it took a lot of practice to be able to get through the voices in your mind that are saying, "Oh no, that's 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 a that's not the." That's not the way of saying that that's going to, you know, feel catchy or feel, feel, um, commercial, I guess, you know, just kind of listening to that gut instinct and differentiating the voice from the gut. And, uh, for me, it just took practice and, and now I, I'm very comfortable with it. I don't, I don't fear it at all. I don't fear putting myself out there or just just being honest it's because it feeds my soul you know it's nice to it's nice to talk about things and it kind of like brings more self-awareness as well because you're always searching you know you're always searching for something and waiting for a for an idea or a feeling and and so that's that's neat too it's like uh self-therapy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I imagine you also get, um, you know, listeners to your music who reach out to you because of these personal lyrics, and they really respond to them and uh, and have some interesting, you know, stories that are uplifting of their own to to meet what you said. Yeah, that's that happens a lot. Like I've had some great anecdotes and and stories uh people's past and and present what they're going through i've had people reach out send messages or comments and on social media and and relate especially with the song sober i think sober was um one of my tunes that that had the most reactivity in that way and uh it was nice to see that it's just you know it's hard not to drink yeah and that definitely hits home with a lot of people that's that's uh that was actually the song i was probably thinking about the most that i imagined would get the most reaction um yeah tell me about actually the creation of that song then the kind of how did that come about uh for me that song wasn't a um it wasn't one that I started writing, reaching to deep places. I was just like having a, having a moment in time where I was drinking a lot and I was working at a job that, um, you know, took up a lot of my time and I was away from my family a lot. And, and when I started that song, I was just, you know, trying to, trying to look at that. I think when you're in it and you're, struggling with something it's hard to see it and and i started just to notice little things you know grumpy bad attitude uh feeling down quite a bit and i was like 
I think I'm drinking a lot right now. And so, yeah, the line, it only hurts me when I'm sober, so it doesn't hurt much anymore. You know, that, that started the song, so I, I wrote a bit more on it, and then I <clears throat> took it to my, to my two friends who I, I write songs with quite often, and we, we hashed that out. That was actually the first song we ever wrote together. Uh, it was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, it was just, a kind of, it, it was, a, it was, a just a mirror of my experience and what, what I was going through in that moment. And it, and I, and then I stopped drinking <laughs> so much. <laughs> well, it, it almost seems like, like a follow-up song to like Sweet Summer Rain. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I got the pills. That's from yesterday. Don't worry. Okay. Um, yes yeah sweet summer rain yeah it's uh sweet summer rain was more of a um just a sad story and uh i had a cousin who died when i was like 27 and she was very close like all me and my cousins were more like brothers and sisters when we were kids our parents you know did all things together and and so we were around them a lot and and she got a rare, crazy disease and she died and it was very, very sad. And and I remember feeling that and I kind of wrote those chords and, and that melody and and it was it was interesting. With that song, I didn't want to write directly about her story because it was just too um too heavy for me and I didn't want my family to um, have to experience or go through that every time. So I kind of, you know, wrote a side story that was the same feelings, but you know, like when they make a you know a, a movie about someone's life, how they change things for um, movie purposes. It was kind of like that. So then, what's it like? I mean, you know, of course, you're married to, to Sarah. She appears on the songs with you, like, and and does singing of her own. Like, what's it like having that in your household? It's awesome. It's uh, we were up in Fort St. John in my hometown uh, playing Fred Fest last. Uh, it was in August, actually, and I brought the band up there, of course, and you know, we were hanging out at my auntie Wendy's house during the day. And just working on songs and kind of rehearsing for the show. And, you know, we had my, my little second cousin, Sadie was there and she was singing along and she started singing Moana and we started playing along with her and, and she got to sing with the band. And then, you know, my other little cousins, kids, and it's just normal for us, I guess. And, uh, but Reed, the bass player, on that gig after he said like that was so it was just so neat to see that it was so like i wish i would have had that when i was a kid you know and uh i think i take it for granted but that's just how what i know and how i grew up and how my kids are growing up so how important yeah. then is very important i imagine to to share the gift of music with your children yeah yeah i don't know if we do it um very intentionally but it's just what we do and it's just around so they are um they're part of it you know when you're writing these songs like how how often like do you just kind of have your phone nearby and so anytime you think of something you you write it down how how many songs say do you write in a week 
Yeah, I always have the phone and I always use the voice memos like anytime there's a lyric or a melody or a concept or a feeling, you know, I just I just jot it down on the voice memo. Um I do I do a few voice memos a day probably just little nuggets, little ideas and then I'll have I'll have a week where I'll, where I'll write, you know, five songs or six songs, and then I won't write for a while. I've learned that my my songs come in waves and inspiration because it takes processing time, right? You got to go out in the world and experience things and then let your body and your mind and soul process everything. And then, and then ideas flow usually, but you know, when I'm intentionally writing, like in a kind of a open conscious state of writing, um, doing natural trips or anything like that, you know, we, we write a lot, write two songs a day for sure. You know, for seven, we'll try and get 20 songs in a week. So. Oh, what happens to all the songs? Like, I mean, obviously you've got, you've got the songs that are on the two albums, but, but where do the rest of them go? They just go, uh, on a file folder in my computer just stay on my lots of them stay on my phone like mercy that was like a year and a half old and i just hadn't ever looked at it uh forgot about it and then i was like man i gotta clean up my notes i gotta clean up my voice memos and so i started going through them and then i was like what is this this is sick we gotta write this you know and it was a year and a half old so I always, I, now I make a habit of, I've made a habit of going through them, you know, every month or so and just putting all the things that I like, transferring it to the computer and holding it there until I want to finish it. What's it like then to, to finish your songs? Like, do you, you know, how does that process work for you? For me, I usually take them to my friends, Aaron and Lydia, like Aaron Pollock and Lydia Sutherland. They're both very good songwriters and and top liners. So for me, I like I like to build the foundation and and lots of the melody and lots of the you know the lyric, the concepts, kind of build them out till they're like you know sixty percent, sometimes less, sometimes more. But and then take them to them because they have very good um, very good skills in that department, and I just I really like how they help me finish and shape them um yeah they wouldn't i wouldn't like them as much if i said so some of them they just you know like left for example my song left i wrote that in like an hour and a half in the middle of the night i had to get up and write it sometimes songs come like that quite often you know but but when i have a plan in place and uh and a bunch of stuff i want to finish it's just so nice working with other people who are great at it because it's fast and it's not such a slog. I'm very slow when I write songs. It takes me a long time to finish something. So, how is it difficult for you, like to to work with other people? Like, at a, was it difficult at a certain point where, like, opening yourself up to to them as well, writing lyrics? No, because it's funny, like everybody doing this at in that at that level um and in this capacity we're all very similar in that way 
and you just know it going in. You just, you know that these folks, you can instantly just sit down and, you know, tell them your life story or tell them what you're feeling and what you're going through or what you want to write about and why. And it's just very, it's very comfortable because they are like-minded and hearted and, and you just know that before you even go in. So it's, it's never been scary in that way. What was your kind of epiphany moment when you, when you started, you know, and you worked on down home, now there's a traveler's lament, like that made you Kyle McKerney, the, the person that we're talking to now. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think the truth is that I, I always was. And I think the moment that I, that I decided to pursue it was the moment. And I had it in the back of my mind, you know, always like for years and years and I was doing this rock stuff and then they got that turned to pop for a while. I was bad at pop. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I was, I was writing these songs like Annie I had for years and I had, you know, these ideas and I was told Jimmy, my keyboard player guy we went to school in la together at at musicians institute at mi there and i was told a man when you know when i'm when i'm older and we're older we got we got to do this like alt country band thing and and i was just i was at my breaking point like i had you know been through a record deal with the pop band and had a lot of failed opportunities and we lost our record deal and you know, all the things you hear over and over, I went through them all. And then a thousand more things, you know, I was doing it for 15 years. And then, and I just quit. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do any of it anymore. I just didn't like the industry. I didn't like chasing. And I didn't like, you know, having to present yourself in a way that was sellable for other people to make money and, and for you to make a living. It's very tough. I didn't like any of that. I didn't like the way that it worked. So I was, I was quitting. And then I just uh, wrote these songs when I was on the road on this um, Queen musical tour I was playing guitar on just to take a break and make money. And when I got back, my wife Sarah was just, you know, very supportive and kind of pushed me forward to, to do this project and write and record these songs. And I think it was in that moment where I, really just realized that that yeah this is right this is this is what i needed to be doing all along this is what i need to do you know yeah i think i think and that's the thing about your lyrics is that they just come off as so honest and so true to you and i think that's the best part about your music is that i feel like this is kyle well thank you i appreciate that so then now, you know, working with, uh, working with Russell Broom, I mean, what's that like? Russ is great. I met Russ, uh, four or five years ago, maybe six years ago now, um, through Reed, actually my friend Reed Shimazawa, who had the band Zucker Baby in the two thousands. And 
and you know still does a bunch of freelance work playing guitar and bass a lot of bass these days he's played bass with me quite a bit recently um reed got asked to do a led zeppelin acdc like uh classic albums live one of those things where you play the the record front to back and they were doing uh zeppelin 4 and acdc back in black and russell put the band together he was a musical director and he asked reed to play guitar and reed was like do you have a singer yet and russell was like no and i it's going to be hard to find him i, I think i'm going to get you know um one for each thing and reed was like i think i have a guy that could do both of them and then so Russ came and I auditioned and I did um, some of Zeppelin and some of ACDC and Russell hired me for the gig. And, and right away I just started like, you know, talking to him about these other songs that I had and, and we, um, we just hit it off. Well, I liked how he worked and he just took good care of me as a musical director and he's a, very smart human and then i just realized quickly how talented he is how how great a guitar player he is and uh you know i latched onto that as as fast as i could and and here we are so then you know what what's it like i mean trying to get on the radio here locally and stuff like that and then and then just being uh, a calgary artist I love being from Calgary. I think that, you know, the guts of country music in Canada are, are in Alberta. It feels country. That's that's the first thing I noticed when I went out to record uh, down home at OCL Studios. It was like snowy outside and it was just like this vast, you know, plain of empty. And it was like, that's the perfect vibe for this record. And I'm like in it right now. So it feels like I'm creating and speaking uh, from the place I'm I'm living. So I, I love being from here. Uh, getting on the radio, I've never paid too much attention to that. Like I, my stuff, I kind of knew from the get-go that it wasn't going to be a radio project and and how it's kind of turning around now and folks are playing my stuff and giving me spins on the radio it's just i'm just grateful for that because it's such a big um opportunity and never thought that that would happen either so that that's just a surprise and and it's wonderful how do you stay prepared for the opportunities that come your way? Like, are there things that just kind of throw you for a loop? I mean, I mean, for instance, you know, playing with Darius Rucker and the rec laws there, like how did that come up and, and how easy is it to be prepared for those things? I think that, well, first of all, we got the opportunity um, through, through someone, one of our friends who, who knows me and knows that I'm in Calgary and, you know, needed an opener for that Saddle Dome show. And I think that, you know, you get to a certain point and every show is, is, is just a show, right? So there's no, there's no special preparation for the Saddle Dome, you know, different than if you play at the Ironwood or, you know, the King Eddie or anywhere. It's, it's just a show. So, I think 
keeping that in mind and then just going out there and doing it and not thinking about it. That's the key for me. I just, I never think about things. I just try and stay present and be right in that moment when I'm backstage. I'm That's where I am and that's it. And I'm here with my pals and we're hanging out and having a beer and then and then we're walking down the hallway and that's where we are and that's it. And then we walk up on the stage and we start the first song and that's that's all I think about. So you're not a person who goes through certain rituals to get ready right before a show or anything like that then? No, I, I make sure that I sing a bit so that I'm my voice is warmed up. Um, I always want to try and, you know, give the audience my best. So I definitely do that. And I, I prepare beforehand as we go. I think just building the show and making sure the songs, you know, flow well together and the transitions between songs. But that's all in, in rehearsals way before, you know, when the show is out there and you're playing it often. I, um, yeah, I don't, you know, we don't do the huddle or the, you know, hand thing. We we just go on stage and and just do. Is it difficult to keep a band together uh, these days? It's been a challenge sometimes for me because lots of the players that I'm that I'm hiring, um, they get a lot of offers and a lot of opportunities, and and so if I'm not and it's kind of like a first come first serve basis. And so if I'm not, you know, ahead with my shows and getting um getting things booked far in advance, it's hard to get, you know, the people that I want to play with all the time. But um yeah, I've got some mainstays like Sarah, obviously my wife Sarah, she's with me for every show and and James the keyboard player and then russell has been playing most every show as well because he doesn't play out live very much anymore at all he just plays with me and jan sometimes and that's pretty much all he, he plays with art bergman sometimes as well but yeah he rarely he's, he's so busy in the studio and and at home that he doesn't have a lot of time to do that so i'm very blessed to have him out playing with me yeah, because the band again, the band at the Saddledome was was exceptional, and uh, and you know it, it's another part. Like when I told everybody that I, you know, that it was around that it, that we were going to talk to you and uh, who was at the show, they all got very excited because I think you made an impression on pretty much everybody that I know, and and that by itself, I think is super impressive. That's cool. Thank you. Thanks for telling me that. Um, yeah, I mean we just do what we do. I'm, I'm glad that people like it. And I feel very lucky that very fortunate that, that it connects that way. And I, and I, I also believe that, you know, if you, if you go and see that anything like that in the alt country space where the band is very good and stuff, I think it'll feel different and, and it will, um, it will affect you differently because it, it's, you're just seeing something you know, out of the norm, that's good, which is so nice because it makes me very hopeful for the genre. It makes me very excited about the explosion that's still happening in Americana and alt country. It's, it's the best. 
<laughs> as a as a creative person, do you have any other outlets beside music that you look to create in? Any other formats that you do? I do. I do a lot of um, a lot of like home renovation stuff, and I <laughs> built out. Yeah, it's funny. I I built out camper vans for a while. I used to oh. like got them and you know re rebuild them on the inside like solar electrical plumbing um everything so i've taken that to my house and renovated my my whole house essentially and i did a tour bus before i bought an old greyhound and gutted it and you know completely rebuilt the interior and yeah i love doing that and it that's when i when i'm doing that kind of work it, it it's calming and it really um i get lots of ideas i sing the whole time and just work on music while i'm doing that well, that's you're actually st- really neat really cool do you still have the tour bus yeah wow yeah i'm gonna go pick it up this weekend i haven't had it on the road for a long time and, and i might need it here in december so yeah nice uh yeah because because we were looking at your website of course and and there's no actual dates on there yet but uh but i know i was certainly hoping for for more well more around here again yeah, we. I don't know when we're. Oh yeah, I'm playing. Uh, oh, I can't say that it has been announced yet. But yeah, I'm playing <laughs> locally in a while. <laughs> so then, and of course, you were just down in Cal- Colorado. You know, what are those experiences like when you go into the U.S.? Like, you know, as a as a Canadian performer going to the U.S. That was wild. That was um, that was the nicest hotel and place that i've ever been in my life it was um you know something something you see on tv that that some people would dream of it was uh pretty special and beautiful and uh, we were surrounded by artists and and industry folks from the u.s so it was kind of um you know i was nervous i was nervous being a canadian cat getting up in front of all these big U.S. execs and and uh, it was more the anticipation though. As soon as I sat down again, it felt like another show. But I love things that make me nervous again. It's like more of that, please. You know, it's fun. And uh, I was nervous, yeah, being Canadian in front of U.S. execs. But I um, I love getting down there. Anytime, anytime I get to go play or do anything there it's it's fun because it's just different it's you know different geography different uh cultures and different it's good experience for for future songs is it difficult to get shows down there yeah i don't think that you would you know seek them out i i don't seek them out really like um folks see me and or know about me or see me at the CCMAs or, or something like that. And and I've had, you know, those opportunities through, through that and through my manager working hard and creating relationships and, and stuff. And it, it is hard though. It's hard to do anything in the U S um, unless you are Uber, you know, successful in Canada or if you blow up on TikTok or some or Spotify or something like that. And, uh, you know that's never been my thing though i i doesn't matter to me where 
where I go, I, I, I don't have a U.S. dream or target in my heart, really. I just um really all about just building it out everywhere slowly and surely. Yeah, I, I didn't think that you struck me as the kind of person that was going to be on, on TikTok all the time, just, <laughs> just yeah. throwing up videos. Yeah, it's fun, but I'm not in it to blow up, you know? That's not my goal, right? And you kind of, ironically, kind of did blow up on YouTube, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a fluke. You know, that was the cool. cover songs. Yeah, the, the covers did well they were kind of the foundation for all of this it was that was fun yeah when you first when you start to see that success and you're not necessarily anticipating it what goes through your head and you just kind of is it a surprise is it uh excitement what is it yeah it's uh it's thrilling and exciting and and then it, you know, and then it goes away. And, you know, in my younger years, I would have, like, hoped for the next one to do that as well. But I'm jaded now. And so <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it does well or not. And uh, when it does, it's just a, it's just an awesome surprise. It's just about working just staying working this industry is just delayed gratification sometimes things pop off and it's like oh this popped off and then oh this over here is doing something and oh you got a sink or you got blah 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 and it's like all those things are wonderful but you know the nucleus is the work and the love of it you just kind of have to tune those things out a lot of the time yeah i, I don't tune them out i think it's important to celebrate all the wins, but I don't over celebrate them and I don't hold on to that feeling of of wanting that or needing that. I let it go. As soon as it comes, I let it go. I enjoy it and then I let it go. So then as you go through your career, I mean, what do you kind of want as your legacy at the end of it? I just want my kids to be proud of me and I want them to have a great life and my wife, I want, I just want my family to be, to get to experience, you know, life on the fringe and to get to experience the world through my eyes and the way that I have been blown away by the experiences that are available if you get out there and do something interesting. I want them to have interesting lives and experiences, and I want them to be able to pass that on to their kids. Well, I think you're more than on your way to fulfilling your legacy then. That <laughs> so I think that's... Definitely attainable. <laughs> yes, I think so. I think so. Well, especially when you when you uh, you know watch the video for and and listen to a song like River Rain, which is I mean just so beautiful in the first place. Thanks. Yeah, that one was yeah. special. It was uh, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I uh, was so just saying it's very, it's very touching. Thanks. It is. Yeah, that was a special song. I remember writing it while my two-year-old was just crawling around on the floor and I got these lines and I wanted to, you know, integrate some Cree words into, into some of my music. And, you know, we're just kind of learning Cree as much as we can. And it, it's hard sometimes because my grandparents dialect was like Plains Cree and it's, a, it's, so you, you have to search it. It's so, it's so that, that, that's something they need to fix is they need to add Cree into the, you know, iPhone and the, and the spell correction and all that. They don't, they don't have those words in there and, uh, and it should be and the, and the, you know, pronunciation and how to, how to say these things for someone trying to learn it anyway. So I was working on that tune, brought it to Aaron and Lydia, we finished it up. And then my thought was like, if I was to die young, which hopefully does not happen, but if I was, this is an opportunity to just like have something special for my kids to always go back to and be like, feel like they're with me and uh, like I'm with them rather and always look at is it's a it's a time capsule and you know that video is i'll always enjoy that one how, how important is your heritage to you then it's um it's very important i mean it's who i am right and it's it's a big part of i think why you know, why I have the connection I do to the earth and the universe and, and a lot to do with, um, why, why I'm able to let songs come to me. I think that, you know, all of, all of those, um, all of those teachings and just being around my grandparents when I was a little kid and their family was just different than, than the other side. Um, it's kind of common in in lots of uh indigenous families for for the grandmothers and grandparents to raise the kids and and that happened a lot on that side and so i was with my grandma a lot and and um yeah they were just very very loving and very they they just did they had no judgment they didn't judge they didn't have they didn't analyze people or they, they just went with the flow of life and it's something that i really really enjoyed and felt comfortable and free in their household i felt um happy peaceful and uh yeah and that's that's who they were and so you know that's that's part of who i am so I guess those things kind of, you know, work their way into your music, you know, I mean, whether you want it to or not, really. Yeah, of course they do, whether you know it or not, you know, it's, um, if you're writing honestly, you know, who you are and where you've been is, is what you're going to write. Absolutely. Well, Kyle, I know that uh, we've had a great time talking to you and, and it's such a pleasure. And we want to give you the chance to tell everybody how they can keep up with you, where they can 
listen to you, how they can find you, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. No, I've had a great time too. Thanks for having me. Um, all my socials are at I'm Kyle McKerney. So the letter I, the letter M, and then my name. And so you can find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, rarely, TikTok, hardly ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I believe that you're uh, you're definitely on your way to a tremendous career. I know you will never compromise yourself or your music, but uh, I'm sure that you're still going to make a lot of money. I hope you do, even though even <laughs> that's not, <laughs> you know, what you're looking for. And then I know, like I say, you won't compromise to do it, but I hope you, I hope you have a lot of success. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And then, you know, one last question, like which old rock and roll song um, would it be that you're listening to uh, recently? Old rock and roll song. I had to. I listened to Queen for quite a while because I was, I was uh, learning learning some of that material. That was a while ago, though. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, the one that I've been listening to quite because I I might do a cover of this is um, Firewoman, the Cult. Hmm. That is oh, a great, that great song. Yeah. 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 Now yeah, you gotta do slaps. it. You got me excited. You got me excited, so you have to do it now. You get teased. Yeah, you can't yeah. Tease it. No, I'm pretty sure it's gonna happen. So I was working on that one in uh, Holy Diver, the Dio song. Oh, beautiful! Wow, that's yeah. I mean, we're we're just gonna come over to your house and listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so thank much. You. Kyle, it's yeah. been it's been wonderful, and like like Mont said, we wish you nothing but the best, and and I certainly uh, expect that we'll come out and see you again here, and hopefully get a chance to uh, say hello live. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I look forward to it, and thanks for having me. We'll see you uh, see you soon. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Thank you. Bye now. Yeah. by a sweet sunshine heaven's eyes look to mine never in all my life would I let anything hurt I'm the one to bet on Till they lay me in the dirt Give me one Your heart so strong Love your brother Help your mom Oh, for all my My heart is in your hands And I'm the one to bet on Till the mountains turn to sand I'll never leave I love you left unsaid Say it a million times just so Thank my lucky stars. Oh.
Oh, yeah. 